ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Monday, February 13th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We'll get your text in this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We're going to look back Marshall's win on the road Saturday. Thundering herd looking pretty good. It was a little bit tighter of a game than I thought it was going to be. I knew it would be close, but I didn't think it would be that close. Marshall getting the win over Georgia State, 88-77. to So we're going to talk about that because... Andrew Taylor, let me talk about him for a second. Can we? Can we talk about him for a second? Here's a guy that just scored 26 points on 10 of 19 shooting after having a 33-point night on Thursday. And if he's not player of the week in the Sun Belt, I scream foul. When those come out, when those announcements come out, players of the week and and basketball for men and women's, I am going to scream foul. If that doesn't say Andrew Taylor, Sunbelt Player of the Week, at this point, we riot. We just raise a ruckus if that doesn't happen. You can't tell me he's not Player of the Week in the Sunbelt. So I'm already on board with that. Tavion had a fantastic night, 37 points. But when Tavion's lobbying for Andrew to be player of the week, that's got to happen. So we're all pushing for Andrew Taylor to be player of the week in the Sun Belt. He's already been honored today. He's the National Player of the Week, the Lou Henson Award National Player of the Week, which recognizes the top mid-major player of the week. So... This sort of is a wink-wink, he's going to be player of the week. How can a Sun Belt ignore him? He averaged 29.5 points a game, 7.5 rebounds a contest in these last two, and 5.5 assists per game. Made over 52% of his shots from the field, and he was over 47% from behind the arc. Even had a double-double in that game. Against Coastal, 33 points, 10 rebounds, double-double. So we have got to talk about Andrew Taylor. Tavion Kinsey, of course, is going to do big things here soon. He is going to eventually catch up to John Elmore. It's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's coming up. It's going to happen sooner than later. I think he can do it. Unless something terrible happens, and we don't want that to happen to him. Something has to to be really, really wrong for him not to do it. And I made the mistake. I got on social media. And some people are talking about, well, you know, he's breaking the record, but he's been here longer. COVID year. Stop that. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy Tavion Kinsey doing Tavion Kinsey things. And, of course, putting his resume out there for arguments. 
We always revisit the Mount Rushmore of Marshall Athletics. We revisit it often because it changes often. It changes um, It changes with the wind. And a few years ago, we were already lined up to donate our money for statues for John Elmore. I'm sure we still are, are ready to go for that project. But here's Tavion Kinsey, probably going to end up as the all-time leading scorer Marshall basketball history. So let's just enjoy that. You know who you are. By the way, social media, I had to stay off of it yesterday. Of course, the big game, the Super Bowl yesterday, we'll talk more about that. Nazi Johnson, congratulations to Nazi Johnson. I wasn't in a rooting mood for either team. I, I have friends who have affection for both squads. I was not in a rooting mood. I was watching this game as a neutral observer. Because for years, it's like, hey, who are you pulling for? Who are you rooting for? And in years past, the Bengals didn't have a, even a look at this. So, yeah, okay, I'll pull for the AFC or I'll, I'll pull for this team. I'll root for the team. And usually it came down to, okay, I'll, I'll root for the AFC. Man, I'm getting tired of rooting for Tom Brady. So, I just watched it this year. It wasn't like pulling for one team over the other. I'm happy that the Chiefs won because I'm happy for a few people who are Chiefs fans that I know. And I'm happy that the Chiefs won because now Nazi Johnson, who got in and on, he got a tackle. He had a tackle on the defensive side of the ball. So he, he did register a tackle. So now... Kansas City wins his second Super Bowl title. Patrick Mahomes brings him back. And Nazi Johnson now will claim a Super Bowl ring here soon. He'll be presented with one soon in his future. He is a Super Bowl champion. And that's always cool. And, of course, you know, he's a Marshall guy, so you got to be happy for him. Even if you're not a Chiefs fan or you had zero interest in – Either team, you have to be happy for Nazi Johnson. Now, if this was going up against my team, if, if, if say, the Chiefs were playing, I, I don't know, the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, I'm not rooting for Nazi. I love you, Nazi, but I'm not rooting for you. Not rooting for your team anyway. But all kidding aside, you got to be happy for him. Heck of a guy. Always great to talk to. Always great. And he came and he was he was personable. He was charismatic. You could always get something out of him. Because players aren't used to talking to the media. A lot of them, this is sometimes the first time that they have actually talked to somebody in a situation where it's players, media, questions, Maybe a rare question or two here or there. Maybe a state championship game. But these guys, they rarely have this opportunity to interact with the media. And Nazi came out as like he was second nature. It's like he'd been doing it all his life. So he was always great to talk to. Always had something something good to say. Always uh, fun. Always uh, happy to be there. So I'm happy for him. So you got to give credit to Nazi Johnson. And the Chiefs win 
beating the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. Congratulations to sometimes nemesis, but always friend Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. We've had this thing going over the last few years. He started it, by the way. I just want to point this out right now. He started it, and he is on top of it as at the moment. Uh, on the other side, from HD Media, my friend Luke Creasy was rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was an Eagles fan. And when he was interning with me here, he was all about the Eagles. So... The great thing about him was he would he would just come in here sporting all that Eagle gear. He was Philadelphia through and through. And then he would book certain Marshall players that were on the Philadelphia Eagles team. So that's another great thing about him. So I you know that wouldn't be the case today if the Eagles had won, but so I, I know people who are on both sides of this thing. So I've kind of stayed back. I really wasn't taking sides in this. Uh, something else I did do, though, is um, as I watched it, as, as a neutral observer, I, I I kept myself off social media. I looked at it, but I kept myself off of it because, wow, nobody was happy. Nobody was happy. Worst Super Bowl ever I saw people posting. Couldn't stand the national anthem. Love the national anthem. Couldn't stand the halftime show. Love the halftime show. Commercials were bad. Commercials were funny. Everybody was mad at something. I had to just stop. I couldn't do it anymore. You know, we had that obsession. We just we follow social media. Twitter's big. Sports Twitter is big. And we follow social media. And we interact and we react as the game's going, and, and it just goes into the echo chamber. But you know, I thought everything was fine. Halftime show was fine. I wasn't expecting. I mean, what do you? You're not going to get the full Rihanna experience here. She did float in the air for a few minutes. It looked like a stage from Super Smash Brothers. With those. Floating stages, I mean, that really, that looks straight out of Super Smash Brothers, those floating platforms. If you're not familiar with it, it's a fighting game. And she was pregnant, by the way, and social media had to go to Twitter and Facebook and comment on that. She's pregnant and she's elevated high above, singing. I, it was pretty good. I was cool. I couldn't couldn't imagine doing that. I don't know if I would be willing to be elevated above the football stadium doing this show live, just standing there, not not hooked onto anything, just standing there with a microphone doing the show. I don't know if I would do that. I could be compelled to do it, but there would need to be reasons for this, and there would need to be a safety net for me. Let's just go ahead and say that right now. So that was that was something. And of course, everybody used to love watching the commercials for the Super Bowl. I mean, not they weren't so bad this time around. I thought the I thought the Ben Affleck one was pretty was pretty funny. I like that one. I thought the I mean the Travolta one, you know, was uh, was creative. 
The one with Bradley Cooper and his mom, that was creative. That was funny. I like that. Uh, the one that got me, the the dog spot, you know, the the one with the dog food? And it shows this puppy and this little girl, and the, they're growing up together. And now she had a child of her own, and the dog still there all these years later, a little grayer, a little older, and talking about the dog food for 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 longevity of, of your of your best friend there and I'm sitting there going okay they need to stop this now with the heart tugging on yeah just pulling no they need to stop that right now let's not do this because I wasn't expecting that it was that was well done that was probably one of the commercials I thought okay you you, you got your message across and you did it and you elicited a response. I mean, I wasn't crying during the national anthem. I'm not going to go that far. Was not crying during the national anthem. Chris Stapleton sung. I have a little mixed opinion on that. Not necessarily my kind of my style. I'm not really into the country music. Don't tell him I said that over on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog. Don't tell him I said that. But I'm not really into the country music as much. But yeah, that was a. I'm not going to go so far because one. I'm not a big fan. I didn't think the Whitney Houston national anthem was the greatest of all time, but I can't answer back like, well, what is the greatest of all time? I don't have an answer for you, but people were comparing that national anthem performance to the Whitney Houston performance and eh, come on, ease up here, ease up. We'll be all right. It was fine. It was fine. That's the, that's the thing I can give about the Super Bowl. It was fine. Anticlimactic, obviously. And of course, social media went to, Went to respond about the uh, the late call there, and you know the Eagles had Eagles had chances. The team had its chances. Everybody had chances in this game. So still anticlimactic. Game was fine. It was okay. Now that's over. I can't wait. We've got a few weeks, and then we're going to be right back at it with the start of the USFL. No, we're talking baseball. That's coming up soon. The herd's going to get underway here soon with uh, baseball we got a lot to get into so we'll get your uh, we'll get your text in 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 were you engaged with this game did this game engage you did this one engage you 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 texter writes in wants me to stick to sports the anthem was top three top three what give me the top give me the top three if you're gonna say it's top three give me the top three 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Give me the top three. If you're going to tell me to stick to sports and that anthem was top three, I want the other two. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We're taking your text. Of course, Marshall, good weekend, getting back on the winning track. The men, Saturday, defeating Georgia State, 88-77. to Already some accolades coming in to Andrew Taylor, who had a heck of a weekend. 26 points on Saturday, 33 on Thursday. Average 29.5 points per game this weekend. 
already named the Lou Henson Award National Player of the Week. So hopefully tomorrow we're going to find out Player of the Week in the Sun Belt. And, of course, Super Bowl yesterday, Najee Johnson and the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. I kind of stayed off social media so I could try to enjoy everything a little bit more. Some of you did not. You rated everything. And, of course, Everybody's got an opinion, and we'll take yours again. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So if you text me and say, hey, the Chris Stapleton National Anthem was in top three, and you don't tell me your top three, I throw the flag down. Okay, top three, according to uh, our most recent texter, says Whitney Houston. All right, a lot of people, I respect it. I'm not... Okay, if we want to say Whitney Houston's number one, fine. I'm, I'm going to be outnumbered on this one anyway. I'm going to be the outlier here. So Whitney Houston, Chris Stapleton, and Diana Ross. Diana Ross, that was a good one. And there have been so many people to sing the national anthem. And there's not really one definitive list we all can agree on. I've seen this thing ranked by so many different outlets in so many different ways. And I think it's just automatic. Okay, Whitney Houston, number one. It's like me with the halftime performance. Prince. Prince halftime show, number one. What about Aretha Franklin? Aaron Neville and Dr. John. You remember that one? What about Beyonce? What about Luther? Luther sang the national anthem. Lady Gaga sung the national anthem. Mariah Carey. Faith Hill. Cher. Cher sang the national anthem. Garth Brooks. What about Kelly Clarkson? Hey, Charlie Pride sang the National Anthem 1974. Did you know that? Pink sang it. Demi Lovato back in 2020. So there's really not a, there's really not a definitive, okay, here's who's number two, since we all seem to say that Whitney is number one. So there's not a definitive number two here, but I'm going to have to say, I'll put Stapleton maybe top five. I'll go that far. Top five. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Really, the only thing I was interested in other was the game itself. Uh, I watched the halftime performance. I watched the, uh, all the all the stuff there. Uh, the commercials were okay. Uh, movie trailers. I was more interested in movie trailers. That's what I was more interested in because I want to go see some of those movies. I haven't been to the theater in a while, and I think it's finally time to get back. Of course, you have to take out a small loan to go to the movie theater anymore. But the movie trailers had me going. So, you know, what what stood out to you? What stood out to you when it came to the Super Bowl last night? And bad calls and all, good calls, anticlimactic game. There were other things that happened, though. Uh, it was a good weekend for the Herd. Basketball was pretty good. Uh, the, the women f- suffered its first loss in a while. It's a four-point loss to Texas State. So the Herd will be right back at it on the road. We'll talk to Tony Kemper tomorrow. The Thundering Herd on the tennis court bouncing back, getting a 6-1 victory over Cincinnati. So congratulations to John Mercer there. As softball is off to a 3-1 start. So the Herd goes 3-1 in its opening weekend at the Florida Games in Leesburg, Florida. Marshall's back in action next weekend on the road again at the Chattanooga Classic in Tennessee. So the women are off to a 3-1 start. That's pretty good. And baseball is about ready to begin. And I'm hoping that this team surprises because it's not picked very, very high. Next to last in the, in the Sun Belt. Not really anyone getting notice as far as players concerned. No one made the, uh, the all-conference teams. One player is recognized, though. There were 34 Sun Belt student-athletes listed in preseason player rankings, which consist of the 
top 15% of NCAA Division I players at each position. So there's a ranking for each position. Marshall players, nowhere to be found, nowhere except one. Patrick Copen shows up at 181. Now, again, this is by position. This isn't overall, this isn't one of those situations where you're going very best and you just doesn't matter all positions. This is one of those rankings where every position is ranked. And so you go down the list, and there are a lot of Sunbelt players on these lists. And at 181 in the starting pitchers category is Patrick Copen. Now, here's the problem with Marshall's going to have to deal with. You look at the rankings, starting pitchers alone in the Sun Belt. Number three belongs to Southern Miss. Number 16 belongs to Texas State. Number 43 belongs to South Alabama. Number 59 belongs to Texas State. Number 61 belongs to Old Dominion. Troy at 114. Georgia Southern at 116. And then at 181, you have Marshall being represented by Patrick. And then Troy has another player on that list at 184. And then Coastal Carolina has a player at 187. So at least Marshall's represented. But this league is, especially in the outfielder position, this league is stacked. Pitching, stacked. Outfielders, stacked as far as having some of the top prospects, top players. First base, you have a few. Catchers, you have a couple. But... Marshall got itself into a really good baseball league. Let's just go ahead and say that now. Marshall got itself into a really good baseball league. That's impressive. That is something to to really be excited for because now we see the push. We, we actually see the construction going on. You've seen the pictures on social media or you've driven by. There's actually looks like the shape of a baseball diamond being formed or at least the outline of one. There's actual construction going on. And now that Marshall is in this league, think about it. If this is a top-notch baseball league at this level, at the mid-major level, and this is one of the better baseball leagues and it's competitive, hopefully Marshall can go all in on baseball because you could probably win and be successful here. You get the right push. Marshall's competitive in soccer on the men's level. Baseball, there could be something there if you get a really strong push. And again, you look at this league, and now you have a stadium to recruit to. If you can recruit to a stadium, now that's not the only reason why you're able to get kids to come, but if you can recruit to the stadium and actually take a player, to take them to the construction site, here we go, look, see what we're doing? Couldn't do that before. There were, and a lot of this is anecdotal, I don't have names, but I've heard the stories. There would be times where prospects would visit ahead of time, you know, just want to Go check out, hey, you know, Marshall's interested in this. Let's go see what what they're about here. And take a look at Route 2 and go, yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Let's um, let's avoid this. Take, take Marshall off your list. Or thanks but no thanks, Coach. Because of facilities, plain and simple. Even Doc Holliday, as, as beloved or not so beloved he is by some of you, would say, hey, look, these kids are buying with their eyes. And so now if you have a facility that's on par with all the other facilities in the Sun Belt or, or better than some, if you actually show that, hey, there's an investment in baseball here, then it's up to, you know, it's up to Marshall coaching staff and everyone else involved here to, to seal the deal. But now you have a stadium to recruit to. And hopefully in a few years we talk about these lists and there are more than just one Marshall player representing the herd. There's more than one player because the Sun Belt really is about 
it's baseball. That's pretty good. This is a baseball league sent four. There were the SEC, ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12, and the Sun Belt, sending four more teams to the NCAA Baseball Regionals. And the Sun Belt had players ranked in every position. Georgia Southern had four, Louisiana two, Texas State had four, Georgia State three players, Troy three, Coastal and Old Dominion and South Alabama all had two, James Madison and Marshall, at least on the list with one. And the Sunbelt preseason pitcher of the year was the highest ranked Sunbelt player in any position, and that was number three, Tanner Hall. So Marshall's going to see one of the best pitchers in the country eventually here. So that's where we stand with baseball. Text lines open 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. AP Top 25 is back out. There's a... There's a team that's number one now for the first time in 20 years, Alabama. This is going to get old quick. If Alabama is going to be almost the top team every year in football and now basketball, come on. That's just not fair. Alabama is the number one team in the land. Houston comes in at number two. Purdue falling two spots to number three. And then UCLA moves up three spots to number four. Kansas jumps four spots to the top five. And then Texas tumbles one spot to six. Virginia moves up a spot to seven. Arizona drops to eighth, moving down four spots. Baylor jumps up five spots to nine. And Tennessee tumbles a little bit down to 10. So that's a look at your top. And uh, I'll tell you what, at number 25, who would have thought it? FAU back in the poll. Dropped out recently and then came right back in. So they're 24 and two. Who would have thought? Uh, here's the thing. Here, here's what we got to keep in mind here. There are there are representatives from other conferences in this thing, and the Sun Belt isn't there yet. And I hope that changes. I hope eventually we get a, at least one or two teams from the Sun Belt able to crack the top 25 the way that Florida Atlantic has. That would be something if we get to the point where you can point to that and say, hey, we've got a top 25 team here in the league. Would that be Marshall or would that be Southern Miss or one of those other teams uh, that are hovering around the top spot right now? You know, I, I don't know where you're going to look to here in the future, which two or three teams are going to be battling for maybe top 25 or, or some AP votes. Because uh, right now, uh, no one from the Sun Belt got a look. And, of course, top teams are starting to beat up each other. I mean, Marshall's got a shot at this in the standings. Marshall's got a shot. Now, Marshall's got to win out, and you got to hope that Southern Miss stumbles a little bit. And maybe Louisiana stumbles one more time. You're going to need some help. But I don't see the herd tumbling out of the top four. Pretty bold of me to say, but I think Marshall's going to be one of those teams that will have a a buy, don't have to play the extra game. And so we're talking about Marshall in the quarterfinals of the Sun Belt Tournament. And if you're going to make a run, I would rather make a run from the quarterfinals on. At that point, one, two, three, or four, you know, you're going to have to face a top team the, the following day if you get past the quarterfinal. So might as well start from the quarterfinal. We've seen Marshall go into tournament situations pretty hot, but you know, 
after several days of the tournament, fresher team usually has the advantage. Don't you agree? And so I'm hoping that, and honestly, the way this thing is spread out, I think you would get adequate rest. If you've looked at this bracket, the way this thing is spread out, they're not going to kill you. It's almost like an event. It's a, it's a serious event. So if you're going to the tournament this year, you're waiting to see where Marshall's at because that's probably going to determine how soon you go down. If Marshall starts to tumble a little bit, which I hope that's not the case, you might want to go down a little early because there's going to be a lot of basketball action to be played here and to watch. So that's why these last few games are important. you got four to go. Makes it important for Marshall to hold serve at home, and then go on the road and win it out. I don't want to see a split. I want to see four straight wins for Marshall to go into the tournament hot. And if you can play as well as you did, again, give Georgia State credit. That was a team that took it hard when Marshall played them back in January. And so Marshall played extremely well. Now, I want to see Micah Hand-Logdon stay out of foul trouble. I want to see a few players stay out. Of, I want to see Obina and Achille Killen stay out of foul trouble especially here. But I want to see Han Logdon actually stay out there and try to build some rhythm because he was two of four, four points. We've seen better performances out of him. He had nine rebounds. Again, he had 26 minutes of of game time and nine rebounds, and he had four points. We've seen him with double digits in both columns with several double doubles. So we know he's capable of more. And of course, the argument is always going to be, do you tell a shooter not to shoot? And Camden Kerfman is a shooter. Dan D'Antoni, unless Camden is making bad, bad decisions, he's going to be allowed to shoot, and he was 2 of 11. He took 10 three-pointers. He hit two of them. Now, that's six points right there. Of course, Tavian Kenzie was 12 of 19, and uh, Andrew Taylor was 10 of 19. And the thing about Tavion's game was he got fouled a lot, so he went to the line a lot, and this is where these things are important. He was 12 of 14. The herd was 15 of 17 from the line. Near perfect. So if Marshall can keep that up, they're going to win more ball games if they can keep that up because suspect foul shooting sometimes has reared its ugly head. And I don't want to say this cost Marshall games, but that has definitely not helped the situation. But I was pretty happy with the win on Saturday. I was happy with Tavion's performance. I was happy with Andrew's performance. And I was pretty, pretty happy to hear Tavion even pushing for Andrew to be player of the week. He should be. We talked about that on Saturday uh, with our postgame. Um, who votes for these things? Well, Marshall will nominate. And you heard Dan on his postgame comments. I, I think, you know, it's, it's obvious that Marshall's putting up Andrew Taylor. And then the SIDs in the league will vote. Marshall cannot vote for Andrew Taylor. So you cannot vote for your own player. It's like if you uh, if you are voting for, if you're nominating and then voting for an award, you can't vote for yourself. If you're nominated and you're a finalist and you have a vote, you cannot vote for yourself, which makes sense because everyone would just vote for themselves and then you would not win anything. So I'm hoping that the other SIDs see all this and go, you know, this Taylor kid really had a good game. Should work out. Again, if it if it doesn't work out, we have major issues to talk about tomorrow. we got a final break to take. We will get your text in 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's our final segment for today's edition of The Drive. Our text line remains open, 
304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter writes in and says, yes, I agree. I wish I knew which item you were agreeing to, but I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, Texture continues to say, Luke Combs or Morgan Wallen would be perfect for halftime show. Yeah, why is that? Why don't we see... Now, again, I'm not necessarily in love with country music, but why don't we see more country music halftimes? You know, does it have to be someone that is... I don't even want to say broad-based. Everybody. Does everybody like Rihanna? I like Rihanna. More for her acting, of course, because she was in the um, in the... Epic, epic film a few years ago, Battleship. If you haven't seen it, trust me, it'll be like on TBS 54 times this month. If you haven't watched it, you owe yourself, watch it one time, just for Rihanna in that movie. But I do digress. Why don't we see more country music acts, right? I mean, country music, it's it's the heartland of America. Seriously, why don't we see more current contemporary country music acts perform at the halftime of the Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't know if you have to have a specific genre that's going to appeal to a wide base, but if it's good, it's good. Remember the days gone by where networks and other channels would counter-program the halftime? And let me tell you, the halftime was terrible for many years. I can remember watching the halftime, and we have performances from Up With People. And if you don't remember who Up With People are, Google it. I'm not going to go over the horror that is up with people, but we would have that as the halftime entertainment before this thing became super produced. Remember the time we had the halftime in 3D and I had to go to the grocery store? It was Big Bear at the time. It's now a parking lot over by Cabell Huntington Hospital, for those of you who are in town. I had to go to Big Bear, I think, to get my 3D glasses. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was Coke sponsoring this thing. Or Diet Coke. It was it was a Coke. And I had to get my 3D glasses so I could watch the halftime show in 3D. And I, I can't remember the, the performance. It was like Mr. Magic or something. It, Mr. Magic. I'm, I'm probably sure I'm not getting that detail exactly right. I was a little younger. But we have gone from up with people. And we have gone from... We've gone from acts that wouldn't even make America's Got Talent to spectacles like Rihanna, The Weeknd. Katy Perry came in on a Voltron lion. She was like rode a, a mechanical lion. I really thought that the Lady Gaga halftime was pretty good. Of course, Prince set the new standard for halftime performances. And I will, that's the hill I will die on. Absolutely. But you know what? A country, you know, that would be all right. Switch it up a little bit. A country musical halftime show. Not that she's pure country music, but every Sunday night we we wait for Carrie Underwood to sing us into the game, and she's country. So why not? Let's do it. Okay, I'm, I'm down with that. And I appreciate you agreeing with me. I'm just going to take it as a blanket you agree with me. I thank you for that. Who else could we book at halftime? It's got to be good, though. It's got to be good. I watched a like several years ago when Shakira performed at the World Cup. I don't know if it was like a... I, I watched Shakira. It was worth it. It was a good performance. I watched it. It was good. I don't usually tune into the game for the performance, but remember, we used to counter-program these things. I remember it was a there was a match between The Rock and Mankind. There was a, an actual championship match at halftime. You, you flipped over. I remember Fox had used to counter-program 
And remember in Living Color with the Wayne Brothers? There was a comedy show, Halftime. You would flip over and here's counter-programming because the halftime was not that good. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Glad we could spend an hour together, and I hope we can do it again tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. What would you like to see from the halftime show? Find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. You can also find me on Facebook, The Drive with Paul Swan. I'll talk to you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.